Welcome to the P Primo Show. It is episode 85. And we are here with Dan Cricks. Don't be ambushed by inflation. And if the truth be told, the true complete title is How to Outearn an Uncertain Economy, Seven Laws of Recession Survival, and How to Profit from It. Let me pay the bills first. If you haven't read my book, Sell a Million, what are you waiting for? 101 tips on how to sell more. If you own a furniture or a mattress store, the best compliment I've gotten on the book was from my friend, Doug Stewart, who said, pull the word furniture. Thank you, Guy, for being here. Appreciate you. Take the word furniture or mattress. It's just a great marketing book, uh, great compliment. And I would like to thank Steve and the entire Mattress Industry Network for sponsoring my show. If you are in the mattress industry, you need to belong to this group. I believe over 1,500 people now are in this group. Anybody that is in the mattress industry is welcome. Their core values are helping to build, market, sell, and succeed in the mattress industry. It is a group run by retailers for the entire industry. Uh, if you want an advantage, a competitive advantage, and you don't want to spend any money, join the Facebook uh, group, Mattress Industry Network. And right there, you can scan it with your, with your phone. And without a further to do, I want to introduce Dan Cricks, a marketing expert, the owner of Results Marketing, and the, uh, the I belong to Dan's workshop every month. I go to his workshop, and this one was so good. Don't be ambushed by inflation that I begged Dan to please come on my show and please um, share this with my audience because everybody that owns a business needs to hear what Dan has to say. And when I talk about masterminds, guys, uh, Dan Cricks, I was involved in his mastermind for quite some time. I don't know if it was two years or three years, but I just joined another mastermind that Dan is a prominent member of. Um, if you guys don't belong to a mastermind, you need to belong to a mastermind. It's the best thing you're ever going to do to help your career go faster. Dan, welcome to the show. Hi, Pete. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Hey, I just wanted to share something with you. You talked to your audience about mastermind and being part of a mastermind. Uh, the first mastermind I ever got involved with um, uh, was with Bill Glazer, international marketing guru. And I remembered I filled out the application for that and I thought I'll never get in, but you know, I want to go through the process and see what it is. Well, I was accepted. And then I saw how much it was. I was reminded how much it was. <laughs> Yeah, and I was I'm, blown away. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shoot, I can't afford to do this. And then when I thought about it a little bit, I thought, I can't afford not to do this. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, after the very first mastermind meeting that I had, it changed my life. I mean, not just my business, but my life. Yeah. And it, it, it made me uh, realize and made me think bigger and better, you know, uh, than I ever had before. And so I would agree with you a hundred percent. If you, you want to find a good one. Okay. Uh, because not all of them are, are, you know, good ones to be a part of. But if you're not part, part of a mastermind, and the other thing I would say is maybe even outside your industry. Yes. You know, uh, I belong to two at one point, one industry wide and one outside the industry because I've gotten a lot of great ideas from other industries that I've been able to use and implement uh, in, in other industries that just work really, really well. So uh, I agree with the least man. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, if you have the bandwidth and the ability to belong to two, one in your industry and one out of your industry, one of the biggest mistakes that we make in our industry is we sit there and we gaze at our navel. And we, we, you know, we do not draw from the true inspiration that is all around us. The best ideas I've ever implemented in my business all came from outside of our industry. And I was the first guy that did them. 
And funny enough, Jeff Janakovo, who you know, brilliant guy, great, great store owner, great business owner, just, just one of the smartest guys I've met. He said, you know, Pete, they're going to knock you off. And I said, that's okay. I'll be doing something else when they do. And nobody ever knocked off or even attempted to do the thing that he was talking about. And, and it's one of the things that we laugh about. It's like, what? why didn't anybody try? It's like, anyway, it's all good. Well, I, I, I have my thoughts on that. That may be that, that, that most don't want to do the work. You're a hard worker. You'll go in and put the work in and do the push-ups. And most are looking for the easy route. Okay. Yes. And, uh, and so it makes it hard to knock off if they're not willing to do the work. There you go. Well, let's get started, Dan. I can't wait. This is going to be okay. awesome. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's get started. And uh, I can start sharing with folks what I have for them. All right. So as uh, Pete mentioned, this is uh, marketing and money-making strategies for unpredictable economy. Okay. And I'll call it unpredictable because some want to say it's not a recession. Uh, many say it is a recession. So uh, we'll just go with an unpredictable economy. Okay. <laughs> uh, and we won't get into that conversation. Amen. Um, so let me, let me get these working here. There we go. So no, n- number one thing to keep in mind, and as the economy tanks a little bit or gets a little more difficult, the customer is all powerful. And some of you who may have been around back in 08 and 09, when we had a really, really tough economy, may remember that the consumer took back their power, okay? They realized that they had the power and they were calling up companies they had done business with for years and said, I want a better price. I want this. I want that. They got their power back. So you have to kind of see three things through their eyes, okay? And have a little empathy and not be tone deaf to what's going on around them. And and we see our government sometimes uh, does that. They're tone deaf. Uh, People are struggling with the inflation and they want to tell them, go out and buy an $80,000 electric car and that will take care of the high price of gas. That's a little tone deaf to me. Okay. And so see, pardon me? Very tone deaf. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they can sit and make their 150, 200,000 and say that's the way to do it. Uh, and they're trying to talk to people that are making 50, 60,000 dollars a year who just had their prices doubled and tripled. So, uh, you want to prepare for the scrutiny and, and learn from it. And here's the question. Are you really paying attention to what your consumer, uh, is saying, what they're looking for and what they want? And your retention and activity will tell you, okay? That's the real true test uh, if you are paying attention. And if if you're not, you, there's something you want to change. So really, what do your customers, clients, or patients really want, okay? And the best way to find that out is to listen to them. Some of the things when I had uh, uh, my uh, service business, uh, some of the best programs that I came up with and in offerings for my customers were directly from what I heard from them. And them not necessarily saying to me, boy, I wish you had this, but me listening to their challenges and coming up with a solution for those challenges. So I'll give you one example. A number of years ago, I used to be in the auto repair business. And so when we wanted to schedule clients to drop off their vehicles, we kept hearing from them. Well, I can't come in that day because I have a, a, a work this, or I have to take my kids to practice, or I have to do this. And so they wanted to get their cars scheduled, but there were too many things getting in the way. So we kept hearing that to, enough to the point where I came up with a solution for them. One was we would give them a ride back to where they were going to work, to home, or whatever it would be, so they didn't have to get a ride. Then we came up with free, free loaner vehicles. So they could drop their vehicle off, take our loaner vehicle and go about doing their business. Our appointment issue of trying to get people scheduled went away when we did that. And they absolutely loved it. We made doing business with us more convenient for them. And you know what else it did, Pete? It, it took away price resistance. Right. Okay. 
because we were taking care of, we were solving a, a challenge for them. And, and in the beginning, they would say, when we tell them about a, a loaner car, we would say free loaner car. And then they would say, well, how much is that going to cost us? So, um, and when we tell them it, it wouldn't cost anything, they were kind of blown away. Oh, wow. So this was something that we did that got them, made them want to buy more from us. So we would call them up and say, hey, we also found this going on with your vehicle. Uh, would you like us to go ahead and take care of that? Sometimes it was adding six, seven, eight hundred dollars to the to the bill. They say, yeah, well, you got it there. Go ahead. They didn't have to worry about if they would get their car back in time to go pick up Sally from brand practice or Joey from football practice. Right. So uh, that that was a way we got them to buy more. So you want to think about what you can do in your business to get them to buy more from you. OK, and then. How can you or your business become more buyer friendly? And that example I just gave you, uh, is one of them is, uh, you want to make it easier for them to buy from you. So, uh, in a lot of folks right now, you know, we live in a, in a instant gratification society. So they want it as easy and as convenient as possible. So how could you want to stop and think about how your business can become more buyer friendly? And, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that as we move on. So you, you can't just sell what you want to sell. Okay. We all want to sell the, the high end, the most profitable items. Okay. Rather, you want to sell what the customer wants to buy. Okay. And there's kind of an old saying, and you're, you know about this, Pete, is sell them what they want, offer them what they need. Okay. And, so if you if you have what they want, then you can talk to them about the other things. And so, you know, a, a perfect example, and this just happened yesterday. I was at a, a restaurant and I asked about something and they said, you know, we, we quit selling that. And I said, oh, really? That was something that we really liked. And she goes, you know, we have a lot of people that ask for that. And I said, oh, I said, have you mentioned that to the manager? <laughs> and she said, hey, maybe I should do that. Okay. And, and how many times have you seen it? And, and when you hear from the workers go, that was really one of our most popular. Why would you get rid of it? Okay. Right. Or if you hear someone that keeps asking for it, why not see how you might address it? Okay. So, uh, and here's the other thing that we know. People will pay more for what they want versus what they need. Okay. And. And I, I, I like to use this example when I was in the auto repair business. Uh, people would complain about a $2 price increase on an oil change. Yet we also worked on classic cars and that same consumer, that same customer would give us a hard time because our price went up $2 on an oil change and then come in and we talked to them about something on their classic car, their thing they wanted. And we tell them, well, it's going to be $1,500. And they didn't hesitate and said, go ahead. So that's the difference. Okay. And that's why you want to sell them what they want. Okay. And in most cases, you have to sell them what they need, but you also want to be able to sell them what they need. And how do you find that out? Ask them. Okay. A lot of times you can ask. Other times you can just listen. Just listen to what they're saying with the interaction and get your staff because we all know as owners, we can't interact with all of our clients. In fact, a lot of times our front counter people, our sales people will interact more with our customers on a daily basis than we do. So we have to train them to listen and to pay attention to what folks are saying, not just about what's happening in that moment. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, not number two is the experience. Okay. And I want to talk a little bit about this because, uh, a lot of places, a lot of businesses, and, and this may be true in, in your industry. I found it in just about all of them right now. Uh, the experience has kind of waned a bit because a lot of folks are, are running shorthanded. Most of us now expect if we go to a restaurant that we're going to wait. If we're going to go to the bank, we're going to wait. Uh, we're seeing restaurants closed that used to be open seven days a week are now closing during the week because they're short on staff. Uh, they, they, they apologize. I'm sorry it's taking so long. And 
the thing is, some places have got a little uh, uh, complacent about good customer service and leaning on that, okay? And so if you can become the standout, be the obvious difference is more essential than it's ever been with an economy that's tough, okay? Uh, and here's the thing. If you are the one that takes care of them, if you are the one that stands out, they will remember. And if you're not, they will remember that. Okay. When, when they get their power back and things get a little tougher and a little more competitive, and we're starting to see this already. Yeah. We're starting to hear about, uh, a lot of stores have a, a overstock of inventory. They're starting to discount where they weren't before so on and so forth. And many businesses, like I said, have abandoned it. One that has not is Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And if you've ever been to a Chick-fil-A, it doesn't matter what you think of their food. Uh, those who love it, love it. But I know a lot of people that go there just because they like the way they're treated. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they still do a great job with customer service. They work primarily with teenagers, but their culture in their business you can go to just about any Chick-fil-A you want, and it's the same. And that's all about the culture, okay? And they hire with that culture in mind. And so what you want is you want people to see your business uh, that way that, that, wow, they really took good care of me. Wow, they really treated me well. So do some research and begin with the end in mind. And I'll go back to what I said before. You want to listen to your customers. Okay. Pay attention to what they're saying, even if they're not necessarily talking to you. Let me just jump on that just for a little bit, Dan. So it is very refreshing for me to hear a teenager say, My pleasure. Common courtesy goes a long way. And I could like 10 other restaurants' food better, and I'll go to Chick fil A. Because I'm treated with courtesy and respect, and that's not happening at most fast food places. Well, that's you're right, Pete, and that's not even happening in, at a number of sit-down restaurants. Okay, you're right. and, and, and the other thing about them is you rarely hear them say no. If you say something like, "Well, could I have extra this?" or uh, "Could I get more of this?" Oh, absolutely, sir. And if they're not sure. They'll go get the answer for you. Sure. Okay. And, and I agree with you. I, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of their food. I think it's good. I like it. Um, but you know, it's fast food, but I love the way I'm treated there. Uh, and, uh, I'd rather go inside and get my order than do their drive through. They're great with their drive through just because I like the attention. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I like getting treated well. And, uh, most, most people do. Okay. And, and so I'll share one more story and I'm going to pay attention to the time, Pete, but sure. Uh, no worries. I, I once went in to, uh, I was looking for some, some business clothes and I won't mention the name, but I went into a menswear uh, with my wife and, uh, she, I always get her input on what looks good uh, because she's better at it than I am. Uh, and we were in the store probably for five, 10 minutes, looking at shirts, looking at slacks. So on a, nobody said a word to us. And there was no one else in the store. Okay. Wow. No one said a word. After about 15 minutes, someone shouted from behind the counter. Is there anything you need help with? Didn't even bother to come over and engage me. Is there something I can help you find? Nothing. Right. I got frustrated and walked out. Okay, mm -hmm. just flying out, walked out. Went about 200 feet to another store, and I will mention this one. Uh, it was a Tickner's, and I'd never been in a Tickner's. And I went in, and I'm just kind of looking at some things and checking things out. And a guy came and engaged me within about two or three minutes and said, is there something in particular you're looking for? I said, well, I want to look at some shirts. Is this for business or just your own pleasure? Uh, what do you have in mind? and so on and so forth, and immediately started bringing things or taking me to where there might be some things. And at one point, he says to me, and I, and you know, Pete, I've trained a lot of sales folks, okay? I've been in sale. 
And, and, and so I'm watching him do it. I know it's happening to me, but I'm loving it. <laughs> he says to me, he says, would you do me a favor? Great line, by the way. Great opening line. I said, what's that? He goes, you got this new jacket in, and, and I'm just thinking it's going to look great on you, but I want to see how it hangs on somebody like you. Would you mind putting it on for me? I said, sure. I put the jacket on. Wow. Yeah, that looks really good. I mean, he's, he's got it all going, right? <laughs> and, and I like the jacket. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. come in there with an intent of buying a jacket. I really liked the jacket. He, he took great care of me. And then as he's showing me other shirts and other slacks, he left the jacket on. Okay. And, uh, uh, he just took great care of us. I walked out of there with more than I had planned on walking out of there with and feeling good about it. Okay. And the other thing I have to tell you is, is on the way out, I walked by the other men's store that I didn't buy anything and held my stuff up as I went by just so they could see I bought. (laughs) (laughs) So the point is people love being treated well. Okay. They absolutely love it. And I knew this guy was doing a sales number on me. It was okay because he was professional about it. He was polite about it. He was doing his job and I enjoyed it. So, and, and most, who doesn't like being treated well? Who doesn't like being fawned over? Okay. We all do. So good morning, right. Steve. Thanks for being here. All right. So, uh, the question is, what story are you giving your customers to tell others? Now, you just heard me tell two stories, right? Yeah. And so what are you giving your customers? Uh, what kind of story are you giving them to tell others, possible referral prospects? Don't right. assume your customers will re- refer. So I just gave out Tickner's name. I just referred thousands of people that are going to hear this podcast. Uh, a little plug for Tickner's wasn't my intent. but Anytime I talk about it, I make sure I mention that, that story. The other thing that I would say, uh, everyone should think about a referral campaign of sorts. If you don't have one, you should have one. We sometimes make the mistake of assuming that our customers and our clients are thinking about our business all the time like we are. Okay. So we think that um, a lot of times that uh, we're top of mind and we're not. Okay, Uh, but if we have a specific referral TMP that we can send out to our clients to give them a reason to refer to us, just to let them know that we want referrals, um, it, it, it will go a long way. There are some folks that will not refer if every time they deal with your business, it's busy and they figure you can't handle any more business. And we all know we're not always busy the whole time we're open. Okay. But, and I've, I've seen an example where one customer wouldn't refer his favorite restaurant because he didn't want it to get too busy. (laughs) True, true example. So, uh, uh, he he said, Hey, if it gets too busy, then I won't be able to get, uh, 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 a, um, reservation when I want one. So that's true. So some good uh, uh, referral campaigns is, is can be something that uh, you can send out to them by a multimedia that rewards the person that sends it out if anyone comes there. And what I like to do is I like to have something on both ends. So something that they get that the, the new customer gets because Pete referred them. So, and I'm going to use an example of that later on, Pete. I have something special for all your uh, viewers that I'm going to give just because they're, they're your viewers in, in, they're on your, uh, because of our relationship. So that's what I'm talking about. They'll get something, uh, uh, from me and because they're, they're with you. Okay. So a referral campaign should be multi-step and multimedia. Okay. And, uh, make it something that's going to, encourage them to get up and move and do something. You got to encourage them to get off the couch and take action. Uh, I once worked with a company uh, who told me about a client of theirs who was an ice cream store 
who was offering a dollar off on a quart of ice cream in January. I don't know about you, but that's not going to excite the heck out of me. Not in Cleveland, Ohio. (laughs) Right. Exactly right. So uh, you have to, depending on where you're at, you have to get a little bit aggressive. Sometimes offering something that they may not be able to get somewhere else, something that they just would like to have, something that's cool, something that's different. And there's a lot of those. Okay. So uh, what actually makes your business different? Uh, There are a lot. I know there are a lot of mattress stores out there. There's a lot of competition, okay? What makes yours different? What could make yours different? Uh, I don't know if you remember, uh, Pete, a number of years ago, I worked with a, a mattress business who I'm not going to share the name because I didn't ask the permission to do it, but they were kind of a startup just getting started. And we found a niche for them that was different that nobody else had at that time. And... uh like you talked about earlier, they've since been knocked off, uh, but their uh, their competitors aren't able to offer some of the things that that they offer. Okay, and in some cases, it's just the service; it's how well they're treated. Okay, sure. in a lot of cases, that can be the difference. So, uh, but sometimes we have to sit and look at what that might be. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Um, so. How can you create an experience and relationship worth bragging about? So, uh, it, it, and people want to feel like they have a relationship with the business, the place they're doing business with. Okay. They want to feel like you know them. That's why, and, and I know this is sales 101, Pete, and I, I don't mean to offend anybody on the call, but it's one of the reasons you want to use their name as early in the uh, encounter as possible. Okay, so that they feel like you know who they are, just using their name. That's why in a lot of our marketing, if we're asking people to call, we tell them, hey, uh, call 555-555 and ask for Pete. Okay, Uh, um, it's it's a great way for them to call and say, hey, can I talk to Pete? So that they don't have to go. Oh yeah, uh, uh, I saw this ad and I wanted to find out if they can go to Pete. Hey, Pete, I saw the ad about uh, this mattress that you have on sale. What can you tell me? So on and so forth. So uh, you want to try to get that relationship going, okay? Something that's worth bragging about. The other thing that comes into play is, and I saw a comment, I didn't see who it was from, about uh, using a little bit of humor. Have yeah. Make the experience fun. Okay. If you can make it fun and if you can interject some humor and get them to relax as soon as possible, that goes a long way. And given our, our environment today, humor is, is, is so welcome. Okay. There's so much negativity going on in our environment that folks just need to be able to smile a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and I'll tell you something else. It's real simple and basic about making. Uh, the experience is uh, a number of years ago, my daughter worked in New York City. And uh, early on in our, when she lived there, we went, we visited and we went shopping. You know, my wife wanted to go to Bloomingdale's and all those. And something that I picked up on really quick was um, just about all of the retail stores there were playing music in the background. And it wasn't during Christmas. And Every place we went to, if they were playing music, and I asked my daughter, my daughter was a, a marketing executive for uh, uh, Cody Cosmetics at the time. And I said, what's, what's the story with the, the music? And she goes, oh, they don't do that back home? And I said, no, not until like Christmas time. She goes, right. oh, we know, we know statistically if there's upbeat music playing, positive upbeat music playing, people spend more money. Well, and think about that. That makes total sense. But how long did it not click for so many people? Right. Don't you spend more money when you feel good? Yeah. When you're in a good mood? Okay. And so if, if they can immediately get that feel, and I think, you know, interjecting a little humor starts that whole thing. Maybe some nice music in the background of a retail store could help a lot. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Um, so number three, 
you must become more valuable and less dispensable. Okay. And I like to call it the pain of disconnect. All right. You want them to feel like if they go somewhere else, they're not going to get treated the same. They're not going to get the same value. How many times have you had something go wrong with an encounter and the person says, we'll take care of that. Let us take care of that for you. And they do, and it all goes well versus, oh, wow. Well, we're sorry that happened. I don't know what we can do. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear that you're going to take care of that. Okay. And as a salesperson, if Pete takes care of me, the next time I call or go to that store, who do I want to talk to? I want to talk to Pete. And that's a rule of thumb with it, within our family. If we call somebody, we call a business, we call even the big uh, uh, companies, and we're getting taken care of, we want to see, we ask, who am I talking to? And some of them will, will hesitate a little bit because they're worried that they did something wrong, and so we want their name. No, we want their name so that, Sometimes we'll go and leave a good review. We'll talk to a manager, say, hey, Sally was absolutely excellent. We want to let you know. But for our own selfish purposes, if we have to do business with them again, or we want to do business with them again, we want to talk to Sally. Okay. Because we know she took good care of us. And that's what I mean. Just the pain of disconnect. I don't want to go back there and try to retrain somebody or hope I get somebody especially again in today's environment where where there's a lot of businesses that have employees that they wouldn't have had a few years ago. Yeah, because they're not a choice. Okay. So better marketing, better service, better everything as this economy continues to be uncertain is a requirement. Okay. And I want to go back to make it as easy as possible to do business with you. And I don't know if you remember our conversation, Pete, at that uh, workshop, but everyone in there agreed. And I, I heard this from other consumers. They do not want to hear as the answer, oh, go to our website. No. Okay. Absolutely. That is a cop out. Mrs. Yep. Jones despises that. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a cop out. You know what that says to me? I don't want to be bothered right now. Right. Okay. That's at its, at, it, at, at its best, at its worst, it says, I don't care. Yep. It, it, absolutely. And, and we hear that a lot of times you call up or, or whatever, go to our website. The people with money don't want to hear that. They ask you, they want an answer from you. Why can't you tell me if you have this? Well, a lot of times they don't know then that's unfortunate, okay? So again, that falls under that. Make it as easy. Don't make me hang up from you or click somewhere else to go see what I want to see on your website, okay? All right, so next is uh, uh, you want to make your uh, product or service as appealing as more than just a product or service. Otherwise, it's a wasted opportunity that, that is gone, okay? You want to make it more than just the average service. So I mentioned earlier about the auto repair, okay? Most shops are there to fix cars, okay? To fix and service cars. And when I introduce the free loaner car, I'm not in the business of renting cars out or giving loaner cars or giving free shuttle service. That's not my business. Well, guess what? Today, 90% of the shops out there offer some kind of free shuttle service or free loaner cars, okay? Because you're in the business of solving their challenges, okay? And when you do that, you lock them in, okay? So that's what I mean by be appealing as more than just a product or a service. And again, once you do that, uh, it it allows you to be able to sell more. It allows you for upsells. It, uh, it allows you to uh, possibly take them to the next level. So another question is, how many reasons are you giving your prospects to buy from you versus your competition? Wow, that's huge. Okay. 
why? And that's that's the old question. Why should I buy from you? You know, there's a, if you look at the automotive industry, a Ford Escort is a Ford Escort is a Ford Escort. Okay, they're all made in Detroit or wherever they're made now. Okay, and they're sent out to the different dealerships. Okay, they don't say, "Oh, let's send the really good ones to this dealership, and let's send the ones that aren't so great over to this dealership." Right? They're all the same. So why would there are people who drive past three or four dealerships from their house to go to a specific dealership? All right, and it's not all just about price. Okay, if it were. All you have to do is go to the dealership closest to you and go, hey, this guy five miles away will give it to me for this. Will you match that? Most of them will. Okay. Uh, but what they have is how they get, how they treat you and how they're going to take care of you after. Okay. So, and that's the ones that are able. There's a lot of dealerships that charge more than their competitors. They're just blowing them out of the water because of a great experience when they go there. So. How can you grow that list of things that you may have that your prospects don't? And, and, and I'll share one more story with you. And this is a fun one with a salesman. I was looking at getting uh, some work done to the outside of my house. And this guy came and did this nice presentation and showed me this and showed me that. And so sometimes I do this for fun because it amuses me um, because of what I do. I said to the young man, he was a very nice young man. He had been doing a great job to that point. I said, well, let me ask you. Uh, I talked to XYZ company and they have pretty much the same product that you do. I said, why should I pick your company versus theirs? <laughs> and his response was, oh, well, you know, they have, they use the same products that we do. And um, yeah, they're, yeah, it's pretty much the same. Whichever one you think is best, I guess. Oh my goodness, I threw a softball up to him, right? Uh, he ha They had some things that he wasn't uh, aware of to, to, to come out and point out to me. For one, their, their warranty was better than the other companies, okay? Their history was better. I'd already told them that I called them because my neighbor was happy with them. So there was a selling point right there. Well, you, you know what kind of work we do. You know, your neighbor is happy. You saw his, so on and so forth. So we got to be able to do that, okay? Right. Give them a reason why. Don't get stumped, okay? And you know, the interesting thing, Pete, is if I talk to most business owners and I ask that question, their hair in the back of their neck will stand up and they'll put their chest out and they'll begin to tell me, well, we do this and we don't do it cheap and we do, we have quality this and we take good care of you after the sale and so on. And they'll give that all to me because they're now uh, defending their business and their product. Right. But they don't do a great job of marketing that. Okay. Right. Communicating that. If you do it one-on-one, -on -one, they'll give it to you. Almost like you have to challenge them though. Okay. So the question is, are you doing enough to make your value obvious and apparent? And so you must spend a little effort to make sure they know or that you're able to get the word out to them. Okay, so let's move on to number four. All right, money moves to trust. Okay, and that's true in just about every business. And an unpredictable unpredictable economy demands that you're conveying trust. And as we know, given what's happened politically and with our media over the last two, three years, consumers' mistrust is at an all-time high. And not just through uh, politically and, and media, but look at all the scams that are happening out there. Every day we talk about yeah, I got this email about this. I got this link and I clicked on it and I got a virus. Everyone is mistrusting. You know, you hear about consumers uh, seeing somebody in trouble and they're afraid to stop because it might be somebody that's trying to lure them into something. Yep. And so consumers mistrust is at an all-time high. And, and let's face it, the sales, the, the uh, business of sales 
Salespeople don't rank real high on the trust meter with most sure. consumers. Okay. Yeah. That's Very unfortunate. True. But what do you hear? Uh, he's a skeevy salesman. Okay. And so it's important that as soon as possible, you can start working on that trust. Okay. Yeah. Uh, whether you're a salesman or you're, you're a product or what have you, you have to do what you can to gain their trust early. Okay. It's going to dictate what happens. And, and again, they're more likely to spend more once you have that trust. Okay. So, uh, what are you doing to create and sustain trust? Now, this is important before, during, and after the sale. After the sale for the repeat business. But you know what? There are people who are immediately making a judgment call on how the phone call goes right in the beginning. If they call your store or your business, they're immediately deciding, okay, making a judgment call. If you kind of blow them off and go, oh, uh, it, you know what? You, you need to go to our website, check out our website to get that information. You're not getting another call from me, okay? Even if I went to that website, they're, yeah. so they're starting to judge you before, during, and after the sale. Okay. And so after the sale, not only after the sale, but all of these come into play for repeat business. Okay. Are you going to take good care of me? And, yeah. and you know, the biggest place where they judge you is when something doesn't quite go as planned, right? 100%. Yep. Everybody's really good at going, oh, thank you, Mr. Primo. We appreciate it. So this check is for $1,872. That's exactly right. Thank you so much. They're really good at doing that. Okay. Right. But but two days later, when you call up and go, hey, you know, I got this in and it's not quite right. Uh, right. We're just not real happy with it right now. Oh, well, um, I don't know what to tell you. Or let me see if I can have someone give you a call. And three days later, you don't get that call. Okay. <laughs> and. You know, I, I had that with a business I bought one time. Shortly after I bought it, I kept the same staff. We had a customer come back and they saw him coming towards the door and they said, oh, that's Mr. So-and-so. He was just in the other day and they ran and hid. And I said, where are you going? They go, oh, there's probably something wrong. We don't want to talk. Now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They were ready to run away from the guy. Yeah. Okay. And so sometimes people feel like that's what business is doing to them. All right. When they sure. put them on. So sure. it's real important that we work on that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I, when I am training people in service departments, you always reassure the customer immediately that you're going to handle it. The details, you may not be able to reveal the details right now, but you have to assure them that you are going to handle it right away. You, because you lose them at hello right after that. Any hesitation, anything other than I'm glad you called. We will handle this. Let me ask you a couple more questions. I need to get a few more details, but you've already reassured them and you have to do that. You have to do that in a good economy, but in a bad economy, when people are already more emotional than they normally are, it becomes absolutely critical. Sorry. No, no, no. Just went you're on my soapbox. Yep. You, you are 100% right. And, and the key point there is, is what you said. If you even hesitate, now you let doubt creep in. Okay. Yeah. And I have a, a, a longtime friend of mine who owned a body shop. And anytime I would go to him, he would take care of it. If there was something wrong afterwards, his response was, bring it in. We'll take care of it. Yeah. Well, it's his uh, oldest son bought the business and took it over. And he didn't have that knack. And there were times uh, when I talked to the, the original owner, my friend, his name was Bill. And I said, so Bill, what are you going to do? And, he, and he'd be honest, he goes, I'm not sure, but we'll get it taken care of. 
His son's response was, oh, well, I, I, I don't know. I'll bring it in and let's see what we can figure out. Yeah. Doubt's creeping in my mind. Okay. Right. And so you're right. You can't hesitate. You no. can't hesitate. No. So, and that's something people need to practice a little bit. They do. Okay? They do. They do. And they need to understand that sooner or later, what, what is in your heart is going to come out your mouth. And you better be really in tune with that. Most business owners that I talk to, their heart is in the right place, 100%. Sometimes what comes out of their mouth betrays their heart. And, and that's what we got to work on. And that's why sometimes there needs to be some role playing and there needs to be some practice inside of our company to make our people better at uh at offering what we offer in a really transparent way. Because if your heart's in the right place, you've already beat a lot of the other businesses. You've already right. won, but you've got to communicate it. You've got to, you've got to get it across that I care and I'm going to make it right. I don't know how I'm going to make it right, but I'm going to make it right. Let me ask you a few questions. Perfect. And, and I, I blame the business owners and the management if that role playing isn't going on. Okay. Because you haven't prepared your employee to handle that question, even if they don't know what the end result will be. And so that's, uh, I agree with that's clearly and critically important to be able to do that. All right. So whatever it is, it may not be enough. Par paranoid customers are the norm. They are. So. Uh, what more can you do for them? And that's something that your employees need to be trained. Hey, what can I offer? How can I help them? And if they come up with something totally different, you know what? I'm not sure, Mr. Primo, but let me talk to my manager. We'll get this taken care of for you. That simple. Okay. Question you want to, you want to look at and, and maybe get some help is as a new customer, would you buy from you? Wow. That's, uh, that's worth the price of admission right there. Yeah, yeah. As a new customer, would you buy from you? Exactly. That is a ton of bricks. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and you got to face the music there. Okay. And we maybe sometimes get some help from that. And, and you know, I know I get some help when, when I'm out on the speaking circuit. I often go over my presentations in front of my wife and she gives me all kinds of good tips. Okay. And, uh, uh, things I don't even realize are going on. So, uh, it, it's a good idea for you to kind of take inventory. Okay. Yeah. All right. So a reassurance, uh, uh, it, as we talked about, a, a guarantee, a bigger forward guarantee. Okay. All go to help. All right. And a lot of people will say to me, and, and, and I, as you know, I work with a lot of different businesses. Well, I can't really guarantee this. And you can guarantee your service. You can yeah. guarantee that you're going to take good care of them. You can guarantee that you'll call them back. I once had an attorney I worked with and he built a business off of one guarantee. And that was that I'll call you back within 24 hours. One of the biggest complaints about attorneys is they don't call back. Okay. When right. you got something going on, you want to talk to the attorney. Okay. So use more marketing material, proof and credibility plus believability. Mm -hmm. Right. That last one is important. Okay. And that goes back to what you said, Pete, using a little role play so that uh, they're not stumbling all over it makes it a little more believable. Okay. Number five, what customers want? Customers want what customers want, and they want them to feel like, hey, this is for me now. And this is why niching is even more important. And by niching, I mean kind of knowing your audience, okay? You get somebody that comes in, for example, for a mattress, okay? Their need is, or what they want, or their concern is going to be much different than some 25-year-old who hits the mattress, falls asleep, and doesn't wake up until, you know, 7 o'clock the next morning, all right? So you have to address that for them, okay? Let them know that you know who they are. So your goals now must be creating a message that matches their needs and their desires and fears. And consumers are still spending money, okay? And they will continue. It's just, are they going to spend it with you? 
Okay. That's what it comes down to. You must make giving you money feel like a victory for your consumer. Okay. Uh, we talked about Chick-fil-A. When you, when you walk out there and you feel good about spending your money because of the way you got treated, the way they talk to you. So the ultimate secret is aligning with the current times we live in with your customers. And again, not being tone deaf. Not all customers are created equal, respond to the same message. And that's, again, you have to understand if you're talking to a newlywed that's 28, 30 versus a 60-some-year-old who's uh, sore all the time or whatever, you got to know that. So it's important that you realize the ultimate secret is aligning with the times we live in with your customers and your prospects. And to be able to do this, you got to do your push-ups. Okay, plain and simple. Got to go out and do the work. And, and you're a fitness guy. You know all about that, don't you? I sure do. Yeah, you were. You didn't just go to competitions and all of a sudden be able to to lift a, a, a weight you never lifted before. You had to build up to it. You had to do your push-ups, if you will, right? Yeah. Same is true in business. Yeah. The same is true in business. All right, getting ready to wrap up here. All right, so too many are still doing things the same way, offering the same product and service, and you can't let that happen today. So the last one, creating new income streams or business, finding transition customers, customers with money. So look at things that you might be able to offer them. Uh, just a, a quick example is dentists now are doing cosmetic work. They're, they're doing sleep apnea work. Chiros are now offering nutrition and fitness, okay? Look at what else you might be able to offer uh, related in your business. What needs has inflation created that you can fill? Some examples of that. Uh, improve fuel economy in their car because of what's happening. Shopping closer to home. Staycations. Uh, ways to save money on what have you. you th- then people know that you're talking to them, that they're feeling the pain of this inflation in, in what's going on. So if you can help them, uh, with an offering that helps address some of those things. What trends have you noticed about your customer? Take the time to look. Got to spend time working on your business, not just in your business. And I know with a shortage of employees and business, when business is good, that's not always easy to do, but you got to set some time. I'm sure these are things that you've talked about, Pete, but got to set so much time uh, a, a week to work just on your business. One, one other thought is who else has customers like yours that you can leverage and or cross sell to? Think about ways to make it a win-win. Okay. So, uh, there are other consumers that are buying related items that you might be able to work with that business in. Look yep. for them. Cross okay? promotions are untapped gold in almost every business. I've had incredible stories that I could tell you that I can't go into because we're running short on time right now where companies, uh, furniture stores and mattress stores did cross promotions with fast food restaurants. And that's not the ideal one, but they work. Cross promotions with other retailers, with other businesses work and the cost of acquiring that customer is substantially less and you're borrowing some trust from the referring business. So get creative, list out what, who is my customer, how much do they make? I can tell you a lot about your customer already, but you need to fill that in. And who else has that customer right now? And they're having the same challenges that I'm having. Why don't we do a cross promotion that barely costs either one of us any money and helps give a real benefit to the consumer and let's start helping each other. So this idea of helping another business and being helped by another business is so creative. Uh, Jay Abraham made a fortune on it. And Dan Kennedy was right there with him on, on this. And I, I'm my sneaking suspicion is that you got this from Dan Kennedy. <laughs> if, if you didn't already stumble upon it yourself. 
Well, I, I may have gotten it from Dan because it was so long ago, but I used it in my businesses uh, yeah. time after time after time. One thing I would say about that, Pete, is sure. these other businesses, a lot of them haven't been exposed to someone like you or Dan or Jay Abraham. So you may have to kind of walk them through this, okay? They may not be as savvy as the people that are uh, uh, listening to you and have been around you and some of the training. So you might have to help them through how to make it work. All right, we're running out of time. So a bonus strategy I have, fill a void in your marketplace created by others. Do what others don't, won't, or can't, okay? Mm. Take that extra step. And I, again, I'll go back to uh, my competitors in the auto repair business would not offer free shuttle service. They wouldn't do it, okay? And then when we went to the rental cars, they wouldn't do that. Okay, some of them couldn't, but a lot of them felt like they they shouldn't. They didn't have to, okay? So uh, what else are your customers spending money on related to your existing business? See if you can't jump in there and get some of that money for yourself, okay? And an extra bonus strategy, what about your low-hanging fruit? Many, many businesses, and I made a lot of money on helping businesses with their low-hanging fruit, okay? And what I mean by that, is your customers uh, are, what are you doing to get them back to spend more with you? And I've heard from people go, oh, well, people only buy a mattress once every X number of years. Well, let me ask you this question. Does any, how many homes have only one bed in them? Mm -hmm. Right? Most homes have at least one, two, three beds in them. Okay. And so you might talk to them. Hey, what about that spare room? Hey, what about that kid's room? You may market to them that way. If you're taking good care of them, they love your service. Boom. Get them back. Sell them a pillow. What so have you? Here, here is a low hanging fruit in, in the next 30 to 60 seconds in your business. The low hanging fruit in your business, if you sell mattresses, is an adjustable bed. Pillows, sheets, really good sheets that are super comfortable, and mattress protectors. And if your customer is walking out with a mattress and she doesn't buy an adjustable bed, she doesn't buy a pillow, she doesn't buy sheets, and she doesn't buy protectors, you have failed your customer. Make no bones about it. You have failed your customers. And if you would implement some very simple follow up strategies, some people call them drip campaigns. Do one thing. If you only do this one thing, you will make more money. If you're not doing this in your business right now, pick up the phone a few days after the delivery and ask them how the delivery went and how they're enjoying their new bed. And don't tell, please don't tell me that you're not going to call them because you don't want to get a complaint. If there's a complaint, you want to get it, you want to get it now, you want to deal with it, and you want to fix it, and you want to make that customer not only happy, but you want them to be your greatest referral generating customer ever. And they will if you handle them graciously, with kindness, and appropriately. And so, what is your special offer, brother? Well, so, so Pete, that, that, that was a great point to follow up. Okay. And I just want to say one more thing. And we know in the sales business, no doesn't always mean no. Sometimes no. it means not right now. But if you call and even if they have a complaint and you take care of that complaint, then you get the opportunity to say, is call them back and say, is everything good? Did we take care of it? We apologize that happened. Oh yeah, it's great. Your guys were great. Uh, you know, did you think about uh, the the uh, uh, sheets that we have? Or did you think about the pillows? Okay, now they may be in a better place to hear that. Okay, but even if you can't call, send some follow-up. Follow-up is critical. Okay, my special offer. So uh, I write a newsletter every month that is called The Marketing Edge. Okay, and Pete's holding it up there right there. Thank you. It's an eight-page newsletter. That goes out all over the world, literally. Uh, we have clients uh, across the globe. And uh, there's a special offer there for you. If you use the code PETE, okay, uh, 
You can put in Pete. And in addition, you'll get our special report, Seven Strategies to Help You Keep from Being Ambushed by the Current Inflation Crisis. We'll send you that special report out. If you take the special offer on the marketing edge using the code Pete, okay? And that newsletter is normally $29.97 a month. Using that special code Pete, you're going to get it for $9.97, okay? And that includes postage and everything. You don't have to pay you the extra for postage. And we'll send you this special report. I kind of liken this Pete to the old uh, uh, Sports Illustrated and getting the football uh, phone, right? The special report is going to be worth as much as the newsletter for that month. So that's, that's you, awesome. And, and I just want to say, if anyone has a question or comment or something they would like help with, you can email me at dan at greatresultsmarketing.com. You know, I don't respond to emails where I don't know who they're from or, or what have you. If you put in the subject line, Pete the podcast, okay? then I'll know where you're coming from and I'll respond to that email or my staff will let me alert me. Or you can call my office at 440-783-1651. And again, mention that you are on Pete's podcast. And if you leave a message, we'll get back to you. And Pete, you know, I don't know. I don't respond to a lot of emails that, that, that come my way uh, that aren't from somebody I know. Yep. Thank you very much, Dan. And real quick, could you give us an example of a referral uh, generating campaign in just a few minutes that uh, you can remember off the top of your head? I'm trying to get to Steve's question that he had. Yeah. So if you put something together and so, for example, if you offer them, so, and again, you got to make it work a little bit because you're getting this customer basically for free. Okay. Uh, we'll always go out and spend money on ads, on newspaper, on Facebook, whatever it may be. We'll spend money to get those customers. But if we could give something to a client, we're still spending money. So maybe it's a free pillow. I don't know. You know that better than I do, Pete. You know the industry better than I do. So you might say, Hey, to anybody who sends us a referral client that buys from us, we'll give you XYZ and We'll give that person who comes in a special discount because they're your friend. And you send them a coupon and have them put their name on that coupon. Okay. And again, this can go out digitally so that do you know where it came from? And so when they came in, when they come in, just like what I just did, Pete, because you're a friend of Pete, you're going to get this. Okay. The only thing is you're going to give something to that person that referred to you. Okay. And whatever it may be, whatever you come up with, it has to be, uh, and it could be something outside of your business. People see more value sometimes. You might give them a $20 gift card to Starbucks, okay? So basically, it's costing you 20 bucks to get a customer who already comes in with a little bit of trust, who already comes in prepared to buy, okay? One of the things I would suggest right now is doing a gas card because that's the hot topic on people's minds right now is offer them a gas card, all right? And that helps the pinch, if you will. All right. So you give them a 20, $25 gas card uh, for referring someone to you. And we know that the people referrals buy at a much higher rate, much higher rate than people walking cold. Because as you mentioned before, you, you don't have to go so hard on, on gaining their trust. Okay. Because they already got that. So send that out to them. And then follow up with it. Don't just do a one and done. If you, and that's why it's called a campaign. Okay. If you send them something, uh, a, a few days later, send them something else and do it across different media. Okay. If you email it, you can text it. You can do ringless voicemail. You can use uh, social media. However you communicate, use more than one media. We, you know, a while back, people were saying no one opens email anymore. Not true. But a percentage of your folks won't. But they will respond to text or they will respond to a ringless voicemail or uh, they they will respond to social media. I'm amazed, Pete, today at how much business I do in social media. I'm, I'm, or, I'm all Yeah. Or even a simple postcard. Yes. Direct mail is not dead. The biggest no. user of direct mail 
is none other than Google. Yep, absolutely. And most of our campaigns start with that direct mail and then followed up with an email and you can reference that direct mail piece. Okay. And I'm going to give their, your folks one more ninja thing. I know we're over time, but this is really sure. cool. It's okay. okay. Please we do. We took a segment of our, uh, of a list and we mailed to them. Okay. And then we took a bigger segment of the list and sent an email. We asked them, did you get it? Meaning the postcard or the letter, whatever we sent them. Well, we already knew that a big, a good portion of them didn't get it because we didn't send it to them. Okay. <laughs> and, and then we said to them, if you didn't get it, let us know and we'll make sure you get one. Well, we have people, American consumer is, we're a nosy bunch. What didn't I get? I didn't get anything. And so they want to know you've now opened up a line of communications with them. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. You know how the mail is today. We know we've had people say they didn't get, and sometimes that does happen. Well, here, here it is for you. And, and then it opens up another conversation. You come back to them a day or two late. Hey, I just wanted to make sure you got that this time that we sent to you, or I'm going to email it to you right now. Okay. And so we've used that to leverage a smaller mailing into a bigger response. That's awesome. Dan, thank you so much for being here. If you enjoyed what you saw here uh, today and you got benefit from it and you have questions for Dan, just uh, you know, pick up the phone, call him, 440-783-1651 or email him at dan at greatresultsmarketing.com subject line Pete's podcast. So he'll open it because he literally gets hundreds of emails every day. Dan, thank you so much. This was such a treat for me. And I know our dealers who watch this and listen to it and who implement some of these uh, techniques and some of these strategies are going to benefit from it. So thank you so much. Pete, I enjoyed it. Thank you. If they just do one thing, they're going to they're gonna benefit. Just one. There you go. Have Don't. a great day, Pete. You too. Thanks, Dan. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.